It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Welcome to the Money Guy Show. I'm your host, Brian Preston, and we're actually recording this on Thursday instead of Friday because I've got a big day tomorrow. Um, Bo, do we announce where I'm going to be tomorrow? Is that good for the audience to know where I'm going to be? No. Okay. I'm, I'm going to veto that decision. Okay, let's just say it's where geeks kind of flock to. and if, So if you're a geek and you know what's going on here in Atlanta tomorrow, you'll know where I'm at. So I, we'll leave it at that, Bo. But if you want to check out the um, the podcast website, you can go to money-guy.com. You can also write the show at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at money-guy.com. Feel free to sign up for, as a free member so that you can actually download a few extra episodes as well as get a blast email every time we come up with new content. And then if you really love what we're doing, we have a premium subscription for $29.97, I think is the, the price that Bo had put on the website, where you actually get access to all of our archives as well as some research. So um, with that, we got a unique show today. I'm kind of excited because we, in addition to the Geek Fest that I'm, I'm headed to tomorrow, this weekend is the first UGA football game, and um, so Bo and I are pretty excited about that, and then there's a race in town too. I mean, so Atlanta is just the place to be this weekend. We have the Labor Day NASCAR race, which um, a lot of you guys in the other parts of the country are going, holy cow, Brian really is out there. He not only <laughs> is a geek, but he follows NASCAR when they're in town. So it's one of those things. So I'm trying to show you how I'm equal opportunity um, in, in things that I will do. I go to complete extremes here. But one of the things I thought was interesting is that Bo and I were talking about what we were going to do a show on today. And since you guys have given Bo a lot of feedback that you think he's doing a great job and his show where he tried to help young investors on really what they need to be focusing on, I figured I said, Bo, let's um let's give you an opportunity. You know, I'm gonna come up with some some ideas. I've got an article here that if we have time to, I'm gonna get to dealing with index funds. But I said, Bo, think about your life and, and figure out what some things that that you'd want to talk about because you know that's that's really what drives a lot of the show topics is what's going on in my life. So do you have anything? So Bo this morning picks me up because I had to drop the car off to get to get some work done on it. And he goes, I've got the idea. And I knew he was excited about it because as he's driving the car, he has the sheet of paper with all of his notes jotted down on it. And it was, I, was, I kept my mouth shut because as he was reading me his ideas, I, I wanted him to kind of get my take on his ideas off the cuff. Because, so I think this is going to be educational as well as potentially humorous as I give my, my seasoned thoughts on some of these things. Because I am um, a few years older than Bo. So, I, but I, I love his um, enthusiasm. One thing I want you to think of as you're listening to Bo give these thoughts is think about his poor girlfriend. I want you to think as you hear some of these thoughts about how he, he wants to save money, I want you to think about his poor girlfriend that she must really love this man to put up with some of this that he's about to tell you. So Bo, with that, go ahead and um, give, us, give us your insight and kind of give us an intro of what you want to talk about. So you asked me, Bo, what's going on in your life? And when you first asked me that, I didn't, I didn't have something just on the top of my mind. But last night, while I was up here at the office studying, it hit me. You know, one thing that I'm really thinking about a lot, and, and I think everyone just in the nature of this economy right now is thinking about saving money. What can we do to kind of trim back and have more free cash flow every month? Um, you know, I went on two trips over this summer, and those were both, you know, fairly expensive trips. And then I had just a minor, you know, a minor 
operation where I had the, a, a cyst removed. Um, so nothing big, but those things kind of eat into cash flow. And, um, and I want to qualify this because I don't want you guys to think, holy smokes, you know, this guy, does it, he's, give, he's trying to save all this money. This, this is tight cash flow after I'm saving 20%. So I'm not, I'm not going paycheck to paycheck right now, but this is after 20%. I'm just trying to think of ways to free up some extra money. Um, and so I wanted to share some of those ways with you guys. Um, so first, let me explain a little bit about my life so you can kind of qualify and determine uh, if these will fit with you. Because what I do every day is I, I have a very big test coming up in December. And that test has kind of been all-consuming for me. So I don't spend a whole lot of time doing things besides studying, working, and then my, my kind of release is going to the gym. So some of this stuff may not be a perfect fit because your schedule might not be the same as mine, but, but we'll get into it. So when I was thinking, I started trying to think about some of my fixed expenses that I have every month. And one of those fixed expenses is I have satellite service um, because I don't offer cable in my neighborhood, so I had to get a satellite. Um, well, when I thought about it, like I said, you know, I'm at the office every single night for, for three, you know, two to three hours um, studying. So I don't get a lot of time to watch TV. So when I watch TV, I'm, you know, I'm flipping on, I watch the news in the morning, and then there are two news programs I like to watch, watch in the evening. So I started saying, you know, do I really need to be spending 60 or $70 a month on satellite service when really there are so many options out there? I know, Brian, one thing you had talked about was you can go to Walmart, spend 16 bucks buy a UHF antenna, put it up in your ceiling, and there's your basic channels. You get your 2, your 5, your 11, you know, your TBS, whatever the local channels are for you. You can get those. Well, then, if you have internet service and you have... You can get those in high definition, too. That's what... And I think, I think my antenna that I put up in my attic to work with the satellite was... I think it was over 50 bucks, but, I mean, it is... The, I think the quality of the channels meaning the, the high definition is probably better on those antenna channels than they are even on the satellite. Another thing, another side benefit to having the antenna is when you have a bad storm come in town and you want to know what's going on. You're worried about weather warnings and other things. Satellite and cable are mm -hmm. usually some of the first things to go out. That off-air antenna is amazing to me because a lot of the local TV channels, I know in Atlanta it's this way, I don't know if it's this way everywhere, but they actually have multiple channels. Like Channel 11 is the NBC channel here in town, and they have an 11-01, 11-02, and 11-03. And 01 is your basic on-air broadcast. If you have cable or satellite, that's your NBC feed You know, to watch the nightly news. Uh, I was about to say Friends, but that's been off the air for a long time <laughs> with Seinfeld. But you know what I mean. It's, it's your NBC shows. Um, O2 is actually dedicated strictly to weather. It actually puts the Doppler radar up as well as the forecast for the local area. And then 3 is all sports. So whenever there's a bad storm in town, you get that side benefit of flipping on and being able to see the, the weather channel, that 11-02, immediately. And I, I bet that's not something that's just in the Atlanta marketplace. I bet every big city area probably has right. that same benefit. So that's another side benefit besides it being free you also get some additional channels. And then the other thing is, is in, in the age we live in, if you have internet and then you have um, a PlayStation 3, a, a, um, Wii. a Wii now, uh, you can stream TV. You can do Netflix where you can go, go out there and get your programs. And then I think we even talked about this morning, Amazon potentially has a new product coming out. I, I haven't had a chance to read it. I, Bo and I were talking in the car when he, he threw this idea, and I said, you know, this might tie in, because I've really toyed with the idea since I have such great off-air, you know, I have this antenna up in the attic that is just incredible on the reception. I get every Atlanta channel, 
And I have really toyed with the idea of dumping my satellite provider because I'm, I mean, I'm spending and I don't have, I don't have any of the HBO's showtimes, any of the premium channels like that. I basically just have high definition and then, you know, like America's best 150. I can't even, it's right. nothing. I don't have anything great. It's just so I can get the, you know, the animal planet and all those type of channels. And I'm still spending, I think, 60, 70 bucks a month. Right. And, and that's the thing is that I feel like that's a waste because I watch my Netflix streaming more than anything. But there's, there's been one caveat that I can't get past. That's that I love my University of Georgia football. And my University of Georgia football usually is played on, you know, CBS is great when it makes the SEC um, game of the week where you can catch it on Saturday at 3.30. But every now and then, you know, you have to watch ESPN, ESPN2, um, you know, it's the ESPN channels mm-hmm. that you that you have to catch. So that's not offered on the internet. I mean, I know they have ESPNU or whatever that 360 channel that they have that offers a lot of things, but to get that streaming on the TV has not been as easy of a fix. But I heard yesterday, and I have not researched this, so please don't, you know, I have not figured out the details yet, but I was just looking at stock moves yesterday, and Amazon had a big day because one of the big things with Amazon was is that they are going to start providing some type of TV service via the Internet. So it might be a way, um, I don't know if they're going to be able to sell those channels a la carte, but it right. sure would make it easy if you could get your sports fix through through an Internet provider, you know, an Amazon or something like that. Also, big news yesterday, I didn't, we didn't even talk about this, Bo. Netflix stock went through the roof yesterday because um, Apple is actually recognizing that product now. They are they are offering, and it's amazing how quick. I saw this article yesterday, on, on you know, come across the ticker, and then I, I check, you know, available applications I can put on my iPhone, and sure enough, there's Netflix is now one of the top apps that's a, that you can download for free to watch your content right there on your iPhone, your iPad. Apple TV is now going to support Netflix. All that is huge news because, you know, Kind of Netflix, if you didn't know, Netflix in the past had worked somewhat with Microsoft. I think they had, you know, that, I can't, I can't and I'm doing this off memory, but either Netflix sits on Microsoft's board or micro, one of the some of Microsoft executives sit on the Netflix board, and that kind of ticked off the Apple people, so there was some, some polarizing things going on there. But it looks like Netflix has grown enough traction that everybody's having to kind of accept their business model of the streaming content, and it's only getting better. The libraries are getting better. So we got to move on to the next thing, but I will tell you, Netflix is the bomb. I mean, I, I have uh, it run, streaming through my DVD player downstairs, my PlayStation 3 upstairs, and then I have a Roku box in my bedroom. Uh, Roku is is probably the my favorite choice for getting the streaming out of all of them. Now, it's a, it's a third-party box that sits next to your TV, but there, the interface works so much better with Roku than any of the others, the PlayStation 3, uh, the the Samsung DVD player I have, but the Roku is, is pretty sweet too. If you want to go check that out, it's R O K U. If you go to Roku.com, you, you can check it out. Uh, but just a mini plug. I don't get anything for that, but it's just something I throw out to you guys. Okay, Bo, I'm sorry. I'll take back over. So so that's you know that's where you can say 50, 60, 70 bucks a month. All right. The next thing is is you know I kind of already explained that I don't spend um, a ton of time at my house, and during the day there's no one at my house, and if they are, they're not supposed to be there. Um, so I have a, a downstairs and an upstairs heating unit, and, and honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time I've walked upstairs in my house. So I keep that thing in the summer, I keep it up at like 82, 83 degrees because I never go up there. But downstairs, I like to keep it comfortable and living because I do have people come over, and when I entertain, I want it to be comfortable. Um, so one thing that I thought I would do is I'd go buy a programmable thermostat. 
And I did some research this morning, and it, and it seems like popular opinion rule of thumb is, is if you have a programmable thermostat and you can change your temperature by one degree for eight hours, that will save you 1% on your, uh, on your heating or cooling bill, depending on what season it is. So um, you can go out, and I looked at the price this morning. They range anywhere from like 25 to 80 bucks. Buy a programmable thermostat, and then since we're getting into wintertime, you know, let your house be cold during the day, and then when you come home, let it be nice and toasty for you. So in other words, Bo, you're channeling Jimmy Carter, and you're telling people to put a sweater on during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, move on. Move on to the past program. What else we got? All right, so next thing, health insurance. So, you know, I, I am a relatively, <laughs> some people would consider me a younger person. Um, and, and so, so I have health insurance because we don't offer it here through, uh, through Preston and Cleveland. So I had to go out and get my own health insurance. Um, and just by doing some due diligence, you know, I went to e-health insurance. And there's a couple different services you can do online. I found a policy that's pretty much the same thing as my policy right now. Uh, it's a difference, uh, a $500 difference in deductible, which because I've been saving and I'm building up my cash reserves, that's not a significant difference. Um, so I'm going to switch my health insurance. I'm going to save probably 70 bucks a month just from doing a little bit of research. And that'll cover that deductible too. You know, Absolutely. The, the saving in, in premiums alone. And that's what a lot of people, I'm always amazed that they, they don't look at, they look at, they get scared when they see it has a, a policy, has a deductible of $1,000, $1,500, So they're willing to spend an extra $150 more a month on insurance coverage that if they did the math, they realize, hey, if I save that $150, it kind of covers that deductible. And, and people miss that all the time. And that's that's a great point because even if you, you know, if you have a family, I understand it's a little bit different, but if you're paying for dental and vision insurance, you may just want to go see how much you spend per year on dental procedures and then optical procedures. And if you're not spending more than what the insurance premium is, you might be better just self-insuring and paying for those costs out of pocket. Um, so that's a way, you know, switching your health insurance, doing some research, you can save some money there. Um, the next thing I have on here is, is adjusting the W-4. So I am a new homeowner, and I'm in the first year of a 30-year fixed mortgage. So essentially, all the money that I paid on my home this year has been interest. That's just kind of the way these things work. So I'm probably going to get a pretty big tax return come April. Um, so once I kind of see what that number is, you know, I, I don't love the idea of giving Uncle Sam an interest-free loan because that's all tax returns are. Sure money anyways. People think that they're getting something back, but they're really, you know, they're really not getting anything back. Yeah, when you get a refund, it is an interest-free loan. So one thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to adjust my W-4, have less withholding withheld so that I don't have as big of a, re uh, big of a refund next April. Um, the next thing is, you know, obviously, if you, if you want to save some money um, and, and you have someone doing your lawn maintenance, you could just do it yourself. Uh, I've already kind of ex shared my schedule, plus I don't love doing lawn maintenance, so that is something I'm willing to pay for. So I have a buddy in my neighborhood who, uh, who cuts my grass, trims my hedges, does all that kind of stuff. Um, but one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call him this week and say, you know, hey, Charlie, do you think, because in the wintertime, you don't have to do as much. You know, November, December, January, February, probably only cutting the grass once a month. Why don't I pay you half price during those months? And at that point, he could either say yes or no, but either way, um, you know, the only thing that could happen is he might be upset that I'm trying to save, save a few bucks, but I think he'll understand that. So that's a way, um, that's a way to save some money. So those are some things that I thought were some really good, just knockout, solid ways to save money. Now, the next few things are kind of creative. 
And, uh, and I think this is where Brian might pick on me a little bit, but, you know, I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Bri- Brian and I have gotten into this routine uh, that we like to go get our haircuts. One, uh, Ooh, hair- oh, okay, you've changed your order here. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. sitting here waiting for you no, to go I, the No, I one have changed my order. Okay, keep going. So we, we like to go get our haircuts, <laughs> haircut once a month. Um, there's, a, there's a barbershop here in town we love going to. Um, the ladies there are super nice, and they always do a really good job, and we like going. So, you know... One thing that you can do, and, and I'm sorry, ladies, because this is more, probably more of a thing that men can do than women can do, because I understand your, your hair is kind of a whole different beast than our hair. Um, so me and Brian were getting our hair cut once a month, and let's just say it costs about 20 bucks every time you go. It's $240 a year you're spending on haircuts. Well, I've come up with this genius idea that when I go get my hair genius. cut, if I tell her to cut it just a little bit shorter... <laughs> and then I let it grow just a little bit longer before next time I get it cut, I can get on a two-month haircut routine, save myself 120 bucks a year. Uh-oh, be careful. I'm just saying, that's a good idea. <laughs> if you're looking to save a couple extra bucks, that's a great idea. Because, guys, we can get away with that. Well, I, the only input I'd put is I've had the same haircut since I was in the sixth grade. And... um you go from having a crew cut to, to letting it grow out to the Justin Bieber that you're growing that you're carrying right now. So I don't, I, you know, I, I commend you for for trying to find ways to save money. I, but this one cracks me up a little bit. Okay, keep going. All right, the next one. Because nobody's retiring off of their hundred dollars a year. All I'm saying is it's more money in your pocket. That's what this show's about. The next one I have on here. Is um, I think there are a lot of people um, that, that pay for gym memberships every month, every year, and they don't go. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Look, if you're one of those people and you don't just love going to the gym, you don't consider yourself a gym rat, then maybe you shouldn't be paying that $40, $50, $60 a month, whatever it is, because you can do the same thing at home. I mean, you can do push-ups, sit-ups, go running in the mornings, go running in the evenings, <laughs> push the baby, stroll around the neighborhood. Save yourself, you know, I think our membership here is 40 bucks a month. You know, save that money and try to do some stuff at the house um, to stay healthy. Now, for me, that doesn't make sense because I love going to the gym. It's my, it's kind of my release, the thing that I enjoy doing. So I'm not sacrificing my gym membership. Plus, it's a firm benefit here, so he doesn't pay. And, his gym and Brian pays for it, so that that makes it a little bit <laughs> easier. Going. Decision. All right, the next thing everyone talks about this. There's even some commercials about this now, but you can always brown bag, uh, brown bag your lunch to work, and I think um, that's a great idea if you want to, you know. Go buy some, you know, if you really want to go cheap, go buy some ramen noodles. But you can go, you know, make yourself a sandwich, bring it to work. Um, one thing that I do is I drink a lot of coffee. I drink a pot of coffee every morning, and then when I come back up here at night, I drink about another pot of coffee. Well, if I was going to Starbucks or McDonald's or wherever to buy coffee every time I needed a cup, I'd spend a fortune. So instead, I spent, you know, 30 or 40 bucks, bought a coffee pot, and now I go buy a big thing of Folgers or Maxwell House, honestly, whichever one's cheaper every month. Uh, and, and I make coffee at the office. That's the way I save some money. Um, the next one I have on here is uh, if you're a coupon clipper, that's a great way to do some money. You know, you can kind of read success stories on the internet of people who go shopping and spend, you know, $400 in groceries and end up getting $100 back or, or something like that. Um, you know, there are websites out there like Groupon that you can use. Not not my thing. I don't really want to put in the time to do that. Well, I can I can give some input. Some of the apps that I use, I go out. My family and my wife and I like to go out to eat on the weekends. I, I, we love going to nice restaurants. Um, you know, at least once a month. 
And one of the things that an app that I have found to be tremendous that I use on the iPhone a lot is the Open Table. Because what you can do with Open Table is it tells you near you what's um, some locations that have seating available at the time you're looking for. But another side benefit is is that a lot of restaurants in your area will offer points. You can get you can get points for booking your reservations through Open Table, and then you can use that. They'll send you gift certificates to go out to eat and so forth. So it's just it's one of those things. If you can find an edge, if you're going to a restaurant anyway. Why not see if they're on the open table list to see if you can snag some points out of it and um, get you some some free deals there. So so that one you still have it, Bo. I'm waiting. All right, hold on. I'm I got, I'm waiting I'm for keep you going. to mention. Hold on, I'm still going. Have a talk. I'm still going. All okay. right. So the next one I have on here um, is the younger generations. I understand older generations they'll probably never get away from this, but younger generations we just don't use landline telephone service anymore. We have a cell phone for everything. Um, so some people keep it just because they like having it, but if you don't ever use your landline and you're not using it for some other type of service, why spend that money? Um, and then another thing is if you have a cell phone and you, and you have a thousand minutes, check your usage to make sure that 800 wouldn't get the job done because you can save some dough there. And then also if you don't use your data, you know, if you have internet service on your phone but you're one of those people that never uses it and don't, you know, don't utilize that technology, don't pay for it because that's an easy way to go find 40, 50, 60 bucks a month um, without really a whole lot of effort. Um, I want to sum up kind of where I think you've been with the watch TV, the uh, phone service, you know, your cable providers, obviously, even talk about health insurance. All those things kind of have one thing in common. Those are what, I, what I've done a podcast in the past. If you want to do a search on our website, money-guy.com, called Ungrateful Service Providers, your property and casualty insurance, meaning the, the coverage on your house, you can go look at your gas, you know, your utility providers. You can look at your your service providers for your telephone service. All these things, you've got to go shop them every few years. Just to take, don't let those people just raise your premiums and your rates over time. You've got to go shop them, and I think that's a lot of what Bo's talking about here. These things can save you. I, I did a podcast. I think it was save two fifty to five hundred right. a month just off of making a few phone calls. So go check those things out. I think that's 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 tremendous advice. Now I'm still waiting for you to have a talk. Okay, so here I am. So so this is the next one, and this is this is more of a behavioral uh, finance sort of thing. But I have on my list: have a talk with your girlfriend or your wife or your kids and your buddies to go ahead and kind of set expectations. So what I've been doing is when I talk to my girlfriend, I say to her, you know, Jenna. Things sure are tight this month. Maybe we shouldn't go out to eat. Or maybe we, you know, instead of going to the movies, let's, let's go to Blockbuster. Uh-huh. Um, and then I've even told my buddies now, because I, I love playing golf. I absolutely love playing golf. But, um, and so over the summer, I was playing every, you know, every other weekend, every weekend, you know. I told my buddies, I said, guys, look. And I blamed it on my studying. I blamed it on the test. Uh-huh. That I just don't have time to do it anymore. But it's really because I'm just too cheap to I do it I want to give everybody some visuals. I mean, the, the only times I've met Bo's friends, if you want to know the truth, Bo has had friend, people come in and out of his office from time to time. And you know what? Typically, his friends are coming by to bring gas money and things <laughs> like that. Is that. I think when Bo takes his friends out, he, he, he runs a meter like a taxi cab service <laughs> and charges gas money. The second thing I, I want you to have a visual of before you visualize Bo having this talk with his, his his sweet girlfriend, is that he's she's coming over to visit Bo at his house, 
and it's probably in the summer, it's a good probably 86 degrees in there. <laughs> and in the winter, it's probably all of 55 degrees in his house. So, you know, this poor girl is already putting up a lot, not to mention, you know, I, I'm just going through his list here of, you know, brown bagging it <laughs> to coffee pot. I mean, I've, I've seen his fridge. The poor girl is putting up with a lot, but um, it, it's interesting. I think these are great ideas, Bo, but... Let me know how that works out for you with having the well, talk, look, because I, those things, whenever I tell my wife, and I've been married, I mean, you know, I just had an anniversary come up, and I'm in the, the I'm into the decade, you know, past the decade now on marriage, so I feel like I know a little bit, and you do have to have open communication, but it, 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 it that's a hard one, it really is, because you, you don't want, you want everybody to t- buy in, that's why I kind of like the Dave Ramsey um, financial peace and so forth. When I find out there's spouses that are on completely different planes of spending, where you have a, a, a spouse that's spending a lot more than the other person, and the other person's trying to get traction with some type of saving strategy, I always recommend um, going and looking at some of these Dave Ramsey type things. Not that I buy into everything Dave does, but one of the things I think he's really good at is getting people to focus on their cash flow and their spending and getting that maybe that significant other to focus on what's going on. So I, I, I'm picking on you, but I do think that, that, that that's a good strategy. Anything else before I talk about index yeah, funds? Yeah, I, 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 I got three more things I'm going to throw out there. One thing is I think if you do this, obviously cutting back on some of this stuff, because there's a fine line between saving good money and then also living life and enjoying the things you do. So I, I put on here, just make a reward schedule. Um, you know, I mentioned that I love playing golf, but I'm not I'm not cracking the amateur tour anytime soon. So right. I told myself if I cut back on some of the rounds that I play, maybe next spring I'll go get some lessons, try to make my game better. Um, and then to close it out, I just want to say that, you know, the two things you do when money gets tight are you can either decrease expenses, which is what we've just talked about, or you can increase income. And I, I came up with three kind of easy ways to increase your income. The first is walk around your house and look for eBayable items. Or maybe you have some clothes you can go to consignment sales or, you know, Play-Doh's closet, stores like that. Gently used clothing you can sell back. You can sell things on eBay. Inc- uh, eBay not what was eBay. that, eBay? Did you start a new company? <laughs> Keep going. Um, and then the second thing, if you have a specific skill set, I know when Brian was a younger man, a much younger man, um, he, uh, he told one of his buddies, because he already had a CPA, so he was a trained accountant, um, he would just go to his buddy's CPA firm and review tax returns on the weekend. And that was a great way to make a few extra bucks, kind of put some more spending money in your pocket. And then the last one, this one may or may, not, may, may, or may not make sense, but if say you're an empty nester now, but you still have a, a house with a honeymoon suite, that's how my parents' house is, that has a separate entrance and kind of a separate living area, you may even want to consider renting a room in your house if you know someone that you feel comfortable sharing a roof with um, because rental income is awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, but th- those were my, my income increasing ideas. Well, I appreciate you sharing. I did think that, you know, some of what you said, we, we got a, uh, you know, I, I hadn't planned on, but I think I'm going to throw it out there anyway. And I'd gotten an email from a listener named Brian as well. Um, I'm going to read this real quick because I think this ties into exactly what you were just talking about. It says, Brian, first of all, thank you for providing such a valuable resource. I've been an avid listener since you started your podcast and honestly say that you've changed my life. Sounds like you've got a lot on your hands at home with the car accident and your daughter's illness. Best of luck to you. And thank you for that, Brian. I really do appreciate that. But then he continues, our road to financial independence has been slow going, but steady. I'm dedicated to making sure that my family has a solid financial footing. We've created a monthly budget and I track all I track all of our expenses, allocating limited spending money to various categories. We're living quite modestly with a single car payment and no major purchases. 
In doing so, we've stopped using credit cards as a, a supplement for income for two plus years. I've consolidated $20,000 of credit card debt to a lower balance account with a local credit union. I've contributed to my 401k enough to get the match from my company. The problem is we're still not at the point where we have any meaningful emergency fund. I still have $18,000 in credit card debt paying more than the minimum, $500 a month. It's going to be a while until we can get that paid off. My question is this. I'd really like to get rid of my remaining debt sooner than two to three years so that I'll have money to start saving for my 15-month-old daughter's future. And we can have a bit more breathing room to live. I have, he, he, get, he has a decent amount in his 401k. I don't want to give his a balance. Should, should I take an $18,000 loan from my retirement and whack the credit card debt? Is it better to pay myself over time and get the credit card monkey off my back for good or am I sacrificing my future at the expense of my short-term peace of mind? I understand that the money won't be compounded over time, but when is that opportunity cost ever worthwhile? If not, do you have any other suggestions? Borrowing against my home is not an option because of plummeting home prices via this recession. Thanks, Brian. So the first thing, loans scare me a lot on, on, on retirement accounts. The, the big reason is, is in this uncertain world that we're in right now, you lose your job. Or maybe you get yourself in a situation where you just can't stand your boss anymore. Or maybe you come up with the next idea that's going to make you a millionaire and you want to be an entrepreneur. If you have a loan with your retirement plan, you're stuck until you pay that loan back. Because if they fire you or lay you off, that if you don't pay it back immediately, it becomes a taxable distribution. Meaning that it's, it's going to be subject to income taxes. And then if you're under 59 and a half, it's also going to be subject to the 10% penalty. So you could very well take a 40% haircut off of your retirement account immediately. So loans scare the heck out of me. And then, like I said, what if you come up with a great idea that you want to go start a new business and you can't leave the place because you still have this loan sitting out there. So I don't like the idea of going out there and touching your retirement accounts because they're meant for retirement accounts. I'm really troubled. I've seen a lot of articles recently where people have been using their retirement accounts kind of as their piggy banks. And that's a scary, scary thing. And I worry about that, what that means for us as a country 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So, so please, that's the last place you want to go to. Brian, I'm going to sound, once again, I don't know Dave is getting two plugs from me in one show. I'm going to sound a little bit like Dave Ramsey here because whenever I listen to his, his show on my ride home, He's always telling people, you know, and Bo said this, this is kind of a Bo Hansen echo too, is that if you've already cut your expenses down to the bone, and it sounds like you've done that. I mean, if you have no major purchases, you're running a complete budget, and you're still tight, 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 got to go make more money. And I know that's easier said than done, but get creative. Figure out if there's something that you can do, like Bo had talked about with selling, you know, unused items, but also get creative and think if there's some venture, some talent that you're not taking advantage of you know this podcast was a a hobby that I started that's kind of morphed into something that has completely changed my life and you know and it was completely by accident so be creative and see if there's something that you could do and I'm not saying the podcast is going to be your future I'm just saying but be creative about what your skill set is and then also there's nothing wrong with doing and taking a part-time job for a period of time you know we have the holidays coming up you know there's a lot of temporary work available during the holiday seasons 
I think you could. It's not unbelievable to think that during the holiday season you could go make an extra four to five thousand dollars, and you do that for two or three years just during the holidays. You're going to whack out that debt a lot quicker because you also know the benefit of paying down the debt fast is that the interest rate has less of an impact on it because now more of your money is going to principal than it is going to the interest. So I don't know if that completely helps because, but it, Brian, it sounds like you're motivated, you're doing all the things. You've just got to now get creative and figure out what you're going to do to, to have more money come in. Don't worry about saving for college for, for your brand new daughter. I know that that is something we all want to do is take care of our children. But remember, the thing I always remind people, you can go get a loan for college. can't get a loan for retirement. So make sure you get yourself taken care of before you take care of the kids. So that's a big thing. Thanks for writing us, Brian. I did want to close out the show real quick because we're, we're running out of time here is that there was an article that Morningstar came out with on July 12th. Uh, it said, are, are some index funds ripping you off? And where I see this predominantly is in retirement accounts, like 401ks. And what this article talks about, I'm just going to jump right into the, the paragraph where it talks about some of the, the biggest offenders and then talk about, and then I'm going to jump down to the next paragraph that talks about what the good funds are. It says the highest price funds are those who tried to add something extra to the traditional index tracking, such as the Invesco equally weighted S&P 500 that had a 1.5% internal expense. That seems steep, a steep fee to equally weight the stocks in the index. Other straight or passive index trackers, however, charge north of 50 basis points, and that's a half a percent, by the way, such as BB&T Equity Index Fund, which clocked in with a 1% net expense ratio. The Class A shares of the BlackRock S&P Index came in at 0.61%, and the Dreyfus S&P 500 charges a half a percent. Even T. Rowe Price Equity Index, which comes from a shop which generally with generally low fees on its actively managed fund, was slightly was um, was only slightly below the average at 0.35%. It says the better ones among the most attractive were the Fidelity Spartan 500 Index at 0.10%. That's a, that's a if you think about that, the average index, uh, the average mutual fund, the act, uh, managed mutual funds, one and a half percent, for the S&P 500 through Fidelity to be at 0.1 percent. That's 15 times cheaper. That's almost free. And then it talks about at um, the Schwab S&P index is at 0 0.09, so that's actually a little bit a touch cheaper than um, the Fidelity. And of course, Vanguard Institutional Index is at 0 0.05. The Vanguard retail share clocks in at 0.18, still, still mm -hmm. respectable. Yep. But these things, like I said, I typically find these in 401ks and retirement plans. You, you will see people, index funds are great, especially on the large cap side. And I've told, shared with you guys, I'm one of these guys that thinks that on the large cap side, meaning the S&P 500, the 500 biggest companies in the United States, that is a pretty efficient marketplace because it, it, the amount of information and news that's out there in the world, it's hard to have an edge over those index funds. And if you can save 1.4%, if you've got one of the better index funds, that's money that can go directly into your back pocket. Uh, the problem is, is that you hear the index funds are great, and you go and you find those in your retirement plan, but then you find out that they still have an internal expense of greater than half a percent or even one, greater than 1%, you're not even getting the benefit of what index funds can do for you. Their whole thing is that they are so cheap that more money ends up in your back pocket. So if you have one of those retirement plans 
that you feel like you're getting stuck, you know, shoot us over an email with, you know, with a description of your retirement plan, and we can give you some talking points to, to give to your employer. We do 401ks ourselves, and um, we use the Fidelity Index 500, if you're, if you're curious. That's the one we use. So we have that 0.10% index fund, as well as a whole group of actively managed fund managers that we think do a good job. That way you get a great diversification that kind of covers all asset classes to really help out your employees as well as what you've got going on at your 401k. And index funds are good. You know, even Benjamin Graham, uh, you know, who's the founder of value investing, you, you know, that's who Warren Buffett got a lot of his training from. You know, he's even one of these guys that said that that indexing, just passively tracking the market was a reasonable idea for most investors. And I've heard Warren Buffett, people call up and talk to Warren Buffett and ask him, you know, what should you be doing right now? He said, go buy an index fund. You know, and for a lot of investors, just buying the S&P 500 is not a bad thing to do. And, and I've always shared with you guys, I think when you have an account value of less than $200,000, meaning if you added up all your accounts, your retirement accounts, your savings accounts, and everything, and you're below that $200,000 threshold, a lot of times index funds is all you need. Because you need to be focusing on the savings and, and building an a, a good foundation of assets. And then once you get over that $200,000 threshold, then you can really get cute with the asset allocation. But there's some really good index funds out there that can cover a lot of asset classes for cheap. Uh, and, and you ought to check those out. Bo, you have anything else you want to add? No, I think that was a great way to close it out. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. And once again, check us out, money-guy.com. I'm your host, Brian Preston, here with Bo Hansen as well, giving us some input on how he's saving money out there in the marketplace. And, you know, feel free to write us, too. You can write me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at money-guy.com. But thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you in about two weeks. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. And Brian Preston is a partner with Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.